Hey everybody, this is Matt with your weekly Overflow podcast. And for the past 11 weeks, we've been going through the book of Philippians and we've been looking at the habits of happiness because who doesn't want to be happy in this life? And I'll be honest, I have really enjoyed this series. So hopefully you have listened to each and every one of these because I really believe that if you do these habits, you will be a happier person. And in this pod, we're going to look at the last habit in the last few verses of this incredible book. And Paul ends this little book of Philippians with one of the greatest promises ever given in the Bible in chapter 4, verse 19. And it says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need, his generosity exceeding yours, and the glory that pours from Jesus. First, it says you can be sure. In other words, this isn't a hope or a wish, or a maybe. This is not, I really like this. No, this is a certainty. God guarantees this. He guarantees that he will take care of everything you need with his generosity exceeding yours. He had taken care of everything we need, beginning with our need for a savior. Our biggest need in a hopeless world. A hope that says I can call out to God and ask him to forgive me, and he will. There's no sin, there's no barrier There's nothing that I can do that is more powerful than the blood of Christ, what Jesus did on the cross for us. There's nothing needed to add upon what Jesus did. We simply trust and believe, and Jesus takes care of everything. He gives us his spirit to dwell within us, comforting and directing us every day, and he prepares a place for us to spend eternity with him in heaven. And God is so generous with us, and as we try to become more like Jesus, we become more generous as well. So let's... Hear that promising in verse 19. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need, his generosity exceeding yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Now, this begs the question, why do we have so many unmet needs? Is God telling the truth here? Is he exaggerating? Is this just kind of a verse that I kind of hope it works? Or is God actually saying, I will meet every need? I mean, does that include emotional needs? Yes. Physical? Yes. Financial? Yes. Relational? Yes. Spiritual needs? Of course. God says, I guarantee that I will meet every one of your needs and my generosity will exceed yours. So why aren't all our needs met? I said in the last pod, there's a condition with every promise. There's a premise with every promise in the Bible. I mean, there's several thousand promises in the Bible. And God says, if you do this, then I'll do this. And if you do that, then I'll do this. You know, and God says there's a premise with every promise. There's a condition. So we can't claim Philippians 4.19 without looking at the verses before that. Verses 14 to 18 says, Yet it was good of you to share my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is more be credited to your account. I've received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. Remember the reason Paul wrote this book, which has been studying for 11 weeks. It's a thank you note for an offering. 
Remember, Paul's in prison in Rome. He's an old man. He's awaiting execution by Nero. He has started churches all over the Roman Empire. One in Corinth. He writes to the letters there. He calls them the Corinthians. One in Philippi. He writes a letter, and it's a letter to the Philippians. A church in Thessalonica, a city in Greece. That's First and Second Thessalonians. And he writes these letters, and he says, You guys in Philippi, you've been the most generous. You've helped me time and time again. And this is a thank you note. The book that he writes is a thank you note and a receipt for their generosity. He says, I got your gift. And through the entire book, he talks about the joy and generosity that he has because of this. And the Philippian church is an amazing, generous church. And he brags about them actually to the church at Corinth. In 2 Corinthians 8, if I can summarize the chapter and quote some parts of it, Paul says to the people there, I want you to know about the Church of Philippi's generosity, even while suffering severe trials. That's what the Philippian church was going through. And extreme poverty. Remember, it's a poor church. Their lives have overflowed with joy. Notice that even though they're going through tough times and extreme poverty, he said the Philippians were still overflowed with joy. Why? Second Corinthians 8 says, because of their amazing generosity, I personally witnessed their giving ability, not simply giving what they could afford, but giving even behind, beyond their human ability. So these people were flat out broke, but somehow they were able to give beyond their ability. It continues, no one told them to do it. It was due to their own generous hearts. In fact, they begged and pleaded for the privilege of giving to serve God's people. And they gave in a way that we did not expect. They first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us. That is what pleases God. So Paul is bragging about this Philippian church. It's the most generous church in the world. Think about that. That's pretty cool to be a part of that and be like, we are the most generous church in the world. Could God brag about your generosity? There's really only two kinds of people in life. There are givers and there are takers. And you make a choice. And this is one of the habits of happiness. You have to make a choice. Am I going to be a giver in life or am I going to be a taker? I don't think it's an accident. I've said this before. The word miser and the word miserable go together. The more it's about me, 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 the more I take, 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 the more unhappy I am. The more I give, 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 the more generous I am with every area of my life, with my praise, with my love, with my time, with my money, the more generous I am, the more happy I am going to be. And Paul ends this book with one final habit. He says, if you're really going to be happy in life, you're going to have to learn the habit of generosity. That's going to produce more joy, more happiness in your life. And throughout the whole book, he does this. He's talking about these different things that we have to learn. In Philippians 1.9, he says, you got to learn how to love. Next verse, he says, you got to learn what matters most. That'll make you happy. Then in chapter 3, verse 10, he says, you got to learn how to know Christ and what it means to go through tough times. Verse 17, the same chapter, he says, you got to learn to be mature. And the more mature you are, the happier you will be. And then last part, we looked at Philippians 4.11, where it says you got to learn to be content. It's a habit of happiness. If you learn to be content, you're going to learn to be happy. And these last few verses of this book, it says you got to learn to be generous. And if you learn to be generous, your joy is going to overflow. So in this final as we look at this final habit in this series, we're going to go through the, this book of Philippians and just do a quick summary and list the six benefits of being a generous person. Because a lot of times we think, 
generosity it's better to take right it's better to receive but you know it's always better more to give but why is that let's look at six benefits and the bible says in proverbs eleven seventeen, the kind and generous man benefits himself what does that mean it means you're going to get out of life what you put into it god has established one of the laws in the universe he says you're going to sow what you reap right whatever you plant you're going to harvest you plant you plant corn, you're not going to get sweet potatoes. It's just the way it is. You're going to get corn. What you're going to, what you give out, you're going to get back. But you're always going to get back more than what you give out. This is true in every area of your life. If you give out praise, people are going to praise you back. If you give out love, people are going to love you back. If you give out gossip, people are going to gossip about you. If you get angry with others, people are going to get angry with you. If you're generous with others, other people will be generous with you. You can see this so clearly in, in kids. You give kids love, they'll give love back. You you get angry at kids, they're going to get angry at you. You fight with kids, they're going to fight right back. That's the family dynamic, but it's also the way everything works. Here's the point. Whatever you need more of in your life, you need to give away what you got. Let me say it again. Whatever you need more of your life, you need to give away what you have. In other words... Let's say you don't have any energy. You're tired all the time. You're worn out. Well, do you get more energy by lying around and watching TV or your phone? No, that doesn't give you energy. There's only one way to get energy. Expend what you got. You need to get up and exercise. Because exercise actually increases your energy, not decreases it. Using what you got, you actually get more. It makes no sense, but that's the way it works. So if you need more time in your life, you need to give away some of your time. Serving others, serving God. And God says, I'll give you back more than you've given out. I will never let you be more generous than me. Whatever you need more of, you give it away. You need money, you give it away. You need more energy, you give it away. The kind and generous person, you know what, will benefit himself. So how do I benefit myself? The book of Philippians, which is about a thank you note for generosity, gives us six ways when you're a giver and not a taker in life, you actually end up being blessed more. So finally, we got to the first benefit of being generous. I earn the gratitude of others. I earn the gratitude of others. You go up in esteem. You go up in reputation. You go up in people loving and being grateful for you. And the more of a giver you are, if you think about the people in your life that you're most grateful for, who are they? They're the people that have invested in you. They've invested time, money, energy, practice, patience, whatever. The people you're most grateful for are the people who've given the most to you. If they've been stingy to you, you're not grateful for them. You know, I just looking back over my own life, I think of certain people that have invested in me and they're the people I love the most. I think back, there's there's two adults that had no relationship to me. They weren't my friends. They were, one was a pastor growing up who just invested time, effort, and encouragement in me that... I'll never be able to say thank you because he's, I believe he's now, uh, I can't get a hold of him. And another one was my uh, my first real boss at a job that wasn't like McDonald's. <laughs> and he taught me so much about life, but I, I don't know where he is now. I can't say thank you to him either. He gave me so much. And I don't, I don't think I gave enough to him. He was the, the greatest boss I've ever had. Now, think about bosses, and there was one guy that comes to mind who worked at 
MBNA when I worked there. Say his name, Jamie Danner. I have no idea where he was. He was so amazing. It's amazing that 30, 25 years later, I still remember him and the impact he had on my life. When you invest in people, you earn their gratitude. The people you're most grateful for are those the ones that have invested the most in you. Let me say it this way. You earn a living by what you make, but you earn the respect and you earn the gratitude of others and you earn a legacy and a reputation by what you give. You earn a living by what you make. You earn a life by what you give and you earn the gratitude of others. Paul gives an example of this. The most giving people are the most appreciated people. Philippians 4 says, how grateful I am. And how I praise the Lord that you are helping me again. He just sent another offer. It was so good that you helped me when I needed it. You Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I brought you the good news. No other church did this. You sent me aid again and again when I was in need. So I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me. With this Philippians 1, 3 says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to God. Verse 5, Because you have been my partners in spreading the good news, it is right that I should feel that as I do about you, for you're a very special place in my heart. Verse 7, we've shared the blessings of God. Is there anybody grateful for your generosity? Can you think of 5, 10, 15, 20 people? Where they would go, that person is so loving, they're so giving, they've been so generous to me. See, I don't know, but I can name every single person in my life that has been generous to me. And that's the impact we have. I can go back to even when I was a child. I remember the people who were generous to me. Do I remember the people who were mean to me? Sometimes. But I remember every single one who was generous. Is anybody grateful for your generosity? Let me give you a little Thanksgiving project. Why don't you write a note or make a call to a few people who've been generous to you? It's a great way to give thanks. Give thanks by talking to people. Thank you for your generosity to me, the way you've been giving in my life. You were there when I needed you. You helped me financially. You helped me physically or emotionally. The people who've been giving to you, you'd be grateful to them. But at the same time, you say, who am I being generous to that they're grateful to me? That's the first thing. You earn the gratitude of others. Second, every time I'm generous, number two, I show what really matters most. What matters most is people, not things. Life is not about the acquisition of things. When you give, when you're generous with your time, your money, your energy, whatever. Every time you give, you're showing what matters to you. So tell me how you spend your money. Tell me how you spend your time. And I'll tell you what matters to you. If I looked at some of your schedules, what matters most to you is your hobby. What matters most to you is your sport. Some of you look at your time and money and what matters most to you is your children. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying whatever you spend your time and money on most is what matters to you the most. So if you find yourself working 80 hours a week and you have a wonderful family at home and you want to put them first, but you're working so many hours, you have to ask yourself, what matters most in my life? Because Jesus said it like this, wherever your money is, your heart is going to be there. I was looking at the stock market and I saw an article on Amazon now, I don't care about Amazon as a company. I buy stuff there. 
I don't own stock in Amazon, but if I bought stock in Amazon, all of a sudden I would surely care about the success of that company because wherever you put your money, that's where you put your heart. So when I am generous, it shows what really matters. Paul talks about this issue throughout the whole book, Philippians 1.10. I want you to understand what really matters. Any way I give shows what really matters. What does matter in my life? Not acquisition. He who dies with the most toys still dies. <laughs> where are they going to put them? I heard a story where guys get buried with their car or their favorite outfit or whatever. It just goes in the ground. What you per your emphasis is shows what matters most. Jesus said a man's life does not consist of the abundance of things he possesses. In other words, you can spend your whole life working hard to get money to buy things and your pile of things can get bigger and bigger and be bigger than anyone else's pile. So what? Life is not about things. It's about learning how to love. It's about relationships. It's about at the end of the life, it doesn't matter if I got a giant pile of things, but I'm estranged from my wife or husband and kids. I messed up. I just missed the purpose of life. The purpose of life is not collecting things. You're to use things and love people. But we get that backwards. When we start loving things, we're going to use people. You get it reversed. And you know people like that in your life. And we can fall into that trap. So every time I'm generous with my time, with my money, with my effort, with my energy, I really say what matters most is God and his people. Or people in general. What matters most is love. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3, 7. All the things those cheap things I once thought were so very important I now consider worthless why? Says because of Christ this is how generosity breaks the grip of materialism in our lives now what's materialism? materialism is the idea that having more will make me more happy more secure, more valuable and none of those things are true we talked about that last week, that's materialism materialism is all about getting, get, get, get I've got to get a little bit more next year, a little bit more. How do you break the grip of materialism? There's only one way, and it's giving. So every time I'm generous and I take something that I've got and I give it to you or I give it to God or I give it to a, a poor person or whatever, then I'm actually breaking the grip of materialism in my life. Philippians 3.20 says, Paul says, We are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. He says, I'm not living for here and now. I'm storing up for eternity. I'm not trying to make my pile on this side of eternity. I'm trying to make my pile on that side of eternity. I'm living in the light of heaven. So take an honest look at your life and ask yourself, am I a giver or a taker? Do I have a pile of stuff that I'm accumulating that I invested in? Or is my investment in people and in relationships? So what is my generosity, what is my giving, reveal about me? What it does reveal is what's most important. Where I put my money, my energy, my time is where I put my heart. So where's your heart? That is not an easy question to address. And if we're being honest, what it can reveal can really impact us. It can also reveal why you are or you aren't happy in your life currently. Because it will reveal what you value the most. And if your values the most are different, if, if your 
practical values are different than what you think your values are or what you want them to be, then you're not going to be happy. So, look at your generosity. Now, I'm going to have to stop this podcast here as I think it's going to be over an hour long if I go through all six benefits of being generous when I've only gotten through two of them so far. So, the first benefit of earning the gratitude of others And second is showing what us really matters. So next pod, we're going to look at the remaining four benefits of being generous, I hope, and uh, really finish out this series. So I hope that encouraged you and challenged you today to really ask that question. Where is my heart? Where do I put the things that matter most? Where do I put my money, my energy, my time? Where is my heart and does it match? And if it doesn't, then maybe we need to address that. So I hope that encouraged and challenged you today. God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.